persons you're listening to, no names, all game. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another edition of No Names All Game. Today is May 19th. My name is Chris Hankin, joined as always by my co-host Pat Colicchio, and we have not released an episode since January 14th, so it has been several months. It's the off-season. Players take rests. They get their bodies right. They get their minds right. Podcasters need to do that, too. This is, this is a sport. We put our bodies on the line for the team. We're rested. We are recovered. We're back. Pat, how the hell are you, man? Well, after that long rest from January to May, I'm feeling pretty good, uh, rejuvenated. You know, I feel nice. like a new man, ready to get back in the game. Good, man. I'm, I mean, you know, like I, I was saying before we started, I'm a little nervous. Like, you know, do I have my, do I have my headphones on? Am I talking into the right microphone? You know, it's, you got to get like the muscle memory back down, but I think this will be, this will be a trial run for us. Um, for those of you who have listened for a while, um, you know, when I promise a new episode, it's at least going to be six weeks away. So <laughs> we're, we're pretty much on track for that. Um, and we have a shit ton to talk about. A lot has happened since January. Um, so basically, we're going to use this as like a, a catch-all episode. It may end up being two episodes, may end up being three episodes, who knows. Um, we're going to go through all that's happened. We're going to talk through some topics, give our opinions. Um, and that's why you guys are here. So let's start with probably the most important and most recent, the NFL draft, my guy. And we had one, two, three, four, five, six Penn Staters get drafted to the NFL. Um, it was pretty exciting, but we'll go player by player. But let's. Uh, what's your take on the NFL draft overall? Yeah, I mean, you know, mostly good. We had. I thought Micah went early as he should. Uh, went to a team he really wanted to go to. Uh, two guys in the first round is great. I hasn't happened for. But when was the uh, the last time that happened? Two thousand and three. 2003, like way too long when you consider some of the years, man, has come through most of my life. Uh, <laughs> and, that, that, I mean, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, other than Shaka just going way, way, way too late, which, you know, I was, uh, I was doing everything <laughs> I could to make it happen. You yep, know, get him yep. out there earlier. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. But yeah, I mean, other than that, I thought the draft was pretty great for Penn State. Yeah, it was it was cool to see um, that they were able to do at least some of it in person. Obviously, you know, with with COVID, you know, you didn't know how things were going to go. Um, but they were able to do some some of it in person. Micah was there uh, with some other top prospects with his family. Um, so let's start there. Micah Parsons goes number twelve overall to the Cowboys. Like you mentioned, um, it was where he wanted to go. Uh, he had kind of been hinting at it for a while. Uh, somebody asked him. I don't, I don't remember if it was Instagram or Twitter, but somebody asked him, like, where would you want to go? And he posted a picture from the Cotton Bowl, and he's like, I want to start where I finished. Like, that was his last collegiate game. He wanted to start there. I don't exactly know why he wanted to go to Dallas so bad. Like, I, I don't know personally. Like, sure, their defense – I mean, their defense was trash, so obviously he's going to make an instant impact. Um, but it was really cool to see that. And I don't know if you caught this. And I don't know if this was even true, but, like, if you looked at the, the coverage of the draft, when, when the Cowboys traded that pick, they had picked 10. They traded with the Eagles, and the camera went to Micah, and he looked pissed. Like, I'm, maybe this is, like, good editing. Maybe it's taken out of context. But he was just, like, staring at his phone, and it was like, oh, my God, are the Eagles about to take him? And is he pissed that he's going there instead of Dallas? Like, it was a whole thing, and maybe I was making it up in my mind. Um, but then, obviously, the Eagles take Devontae Smith. The Giants trade out, and Micah lands where he wants to um, with the Cowboys, which is, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I, I have to imagine – I mean, my, my cousin's a Giants fan, and he was just like, the Giants just got murdered. They just – like, two guys got selected in the first round who were just going to kill the Giants for a decade. 
Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. how it goes. That's how it goes. Just uh, like around. And it's it's tough for obviously Penn State has a lot of Eagles fans, you know, being being in Pennsylvania. So when you see one of your favorite players go to an arch rival, that's pretty unfortunate as well. Um, but yeah, it was fun to see Micah there. You know, obviously his family was there. Uh, Jesse Lucchetta was there with him, one of his best friends. Um, his son was there, which if you watch that video, is so adorable. Like he gets the call, son comes over, big hug. Um, it was really cool too. Uh, like leading up to. Um, leading up to the draft, obviously we won't go deep into this because it doesn't matter anymore. Um, but the rumors of the character concerns, character concerns, character concerns, like happens every year with a different guy. And, and Micah, obviously we're going to be biased, but also like, I felt pretty defensive of it. Like, all right, like what, what concerns? Like if you have some shit, tell me if you're talking about things that happened in high school, grow up, um, if it were serious things, then he wouldn't even be at Penn State, right? Um, second thing, like if if you know if you're talking about what happened with that lawsuit, like none of that was ever proven. Whatever on here, I'm rambling. Like I said, I'm out of practice. But a week or so before the draft, um, what I thought was really really cool, uh, Penn Live uh, writer named Brian Linder put out an article. I don't know if you read it. Um, it was some powerful shit, man. It was an interview that he did with Micah. Um, and kind of, you know, talked about his journey of, you know, being elite in high school and his recruitment and everything, but also talked about like his personal life. And then Micah kind of opened up and he talked about how, um, he said, he's like, I, I'm not, I wasn't even supposed to be here. And like the reporter's like, what do you mean? And he said his mom at the time already had, I think it was two kids maybe, and she wasn't sure if she could afford another kid or if she could handle another kid. I, again, read the article. I'm probably not doing it justice, but like Micah was basically saying like, there was, you know, a chance that his mom wasn't going to go through and have him. Um, and that's like, that's powerful, man. Like, yeah. that's crazy. That's crazy. One, to even have that as part of your life story. And, and then two, two what a like, weird thing to tell your child. Yeah, yeah, but like, this, but, 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 fair, fair, but at the same time, like, I mean, you I guess you can now. tell them that once they become an NFL star, but like, hey, <laughs> no, 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 now, no, no, now that you're great. <laughs> oh, uh, anyway, anyway, uh, no, but I think it's awesome because like he talks about how like close his bond with his mom is and why he does what he does because he wants to provide for her and provide for his family. Like, so yes. It's pretty awesome and heartwarming and beautiful. So Micah Parsons, congratulations, number 12 overall. Um, we'll get to uh, some other Penn State NFL news later. Uh, spoiler alert, Sean Lee retired, but was really, really cool. I don't know if you saw the graphic that Penn State put out of Sean Lee in a Cowboys uniform, high-fiving Micah in a Cowboys uniform. They like put him face to face. Like, very nice passing nice of the baton. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, and it looks like Michael will wear number eleven, so he keeps the keeps the stick city going. Um, mm -hmm. And I think is this is that part of the new number rules that linebackers can wear that or I think so. Line? So I think I think he's the first cowboy to wear eleven. So I think he said something like, cowboy "You know, start." Right. Right. That's what I mean. My bad. Um, first cowboy the linebacker. Imagine uh, no, no in franchise history. Ever. It's never been taken. <laughs> uh, but he mentioned, you know, he can start his own legacy now. So really cool. Shout out Mike Parsons. We love you, man. Yeah, and he's just going to be an absolute animal in the NFL. I mean, he's a guy that like, you know, a couple decades ago when the NFL was played differently, he would have been a, like probably like a top three pick. Yeah. Like, that's how good he is. And when you think about the fact he's been playing the position for what, three years He's just an absolute animal. Like, I, I honestly, you know, this, it's a crazy thing to say about anyone coming into the NFL, but, like, I think the guy's going to be a Hall of Famer. He's so good. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, like, you have to sort of make some of those predictions, right? There are those once-in-a-generation prospects that you talked about. And on the defensive side of the ball, if, one, if he's used properly, and, and you know, Dallas, like I said, they, they were not very good last year. But, uh, you know, if, if he's used properly, they coach him correctly. Like, this kid has so much untapped potential, which is crazy for a top-12 pick to say that there's untapped potential. But also like, for someone who, like, put up numbers that he did. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. to have yeah. untapped potential as a guy who produced heavily on the field. Yeah, led the team nice. in tackles as a freshman or as a sophomore or whatever yeah, it was. not like, even a starter. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, Micah, you're incredible. We will be rooting for you. Um, moving on next, in the first round, like we mentioned, first time since 2003 that Penn State has multiple first-rounders uh, with number 31 just sneaking in there. Uh, the artist formerly known as Jason, now going by Odafe, Oa, I think I'm pronouncing that right. I looked it up. Yeah, I was going to ask um, you how to pronounce it, so that's perfect. I think I think it's Odafe or Odafa. I'm not I'm not exactly sure, but um, he goes number 31 to the Ravens. Uh, speaking on the name first, I think this is really cool. Um, so I was reading an article and like I didn't actually see the press conference, but I guess he addressed it in one of his first press conferences. Um, but I read an article like transcribing, and he said like uh, he's of Nigerian descent, um, and he thought you know coming into college uh, or even maybe high school, I'm not sure, uh, it would be too hard for like people to pronounce. So he just went by his middle name, which is Jason. Um, and that's like, I mean, that's kind of like a, a tough thing of like our society not to get too deep, but like, you know, that you have to cater to what other people can yeah. and can't pronounce. Like that sucks. So I'm happy that he is embracing it, embracing his first name, his, his ethnicity. Um, is that the right word? Ethnicity, yeah. heritage, whatever. Well, um, and like to anyone who's going to like kind of, you know, shit on his decision to do that. This is this guy's real first name. He didn't yeah. make up a fucking name to change it to. He, didn't, he yeah. didn't take his middle name and start going by, like, he's had to not go by his first name, essentially, mm-hmm. for, like, a pretty long time. It's got to feel pretty good to, like, what I have to imagine feels like kind of getting your identity back. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and, and you've seen, like, a lot of, uh, a lot of Penn State players would, like, have, like, I've seen them, like, when he got drafted, people were like, Dafe, like, D-A-F-E. Yeah. Um, so, like, you can say, like, I don't know if, like, that's what he went by every day, but, like, obviously it was something that was known around the people that were close to him. I don't think anyone actually would shit on it, but, again, we're very happy for him. Uh, he goes first round. This was, this was a hot topic, man, because he obviously crushed the pro day. We did not get an episode done. My bad. Um, but he crushed the pro day right along, Micah, running just absurd 40 times. Um, I know that they were all fast this year. I know that pro days aren't official, but the man is an absolute freak. Um, and our question leading up to it was, is he going to sneak into that late first round or is he going to drop it in the second just because of lack of production? And, you know, the Ravens uh, made a trade with the Chiefs uh, towards, uh, it was like a week or two before the draft, I think. They get that extra first round pick. They took their wide receiver, I think, Bateman. Uh, with 27 and then you know they're they're able to take sort of a luxury pick take a swing and take a guy who again is a quote-unquote project but an athletic freak um what are your feelings here about odafe with the ravens he ran what a 438 at pro day 439 yep i mean let's think about it this way if you're gonna you know do the whole pro day versus combine thing i mean it's still it's the same type of timing it's a laser or there's a bunch of people who I, I think so. I think I think there's a bunch of people who time it. I think they have a laser, but like the yeah. the 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 argument is you're not all running on the exact same surface. You're not all running on the exact same laser. So like okay. people people talk about how back in the day Penn Staters just had crazy numbers because like their field was like sloped ever so slightly downhill. <laughs> like they're like yeah, Penn Staters used to run crazy numbers because of that. Like yeah, that's I, the I'm argument. Sure. That's um, the argument. Let, let's say for argument's sake. 
he's a defensive end who weighs, you know, what is he, 250? Two, yep. And let's say he was an entire tenth of a second slower, and he ran a 4.48. That's still insane for a defensive end. <laughs> yes. He's an athletic freak. There's no denying it. Okay? Yep. It doesn't matter if it's a 4.38 or a 4.44. The guy is crazy. And I actually I got a text from another Penn Stater who went to my high school, a couple years older than me, who's a Ravens fan, asked me, like, how happy should I be if the Ravens before, – this is before the draft – if the Ravens take away in the first round? I was like, honestly? And I was, for a lot of the beginning of the season, highly critical. Of, I remember. Of him. Um, and looking back, I think somewhat unfairly so, because I think the lack of – lack of sack production came a lot from just, like, the schemes that Penn State was running and the type of defense they had. Here's a guy who you know he's an athletic freak and was our best run defender on the defensive line last year, which is, in my opinion, a lot harder to learn than rushing the passer. Yeah. He's, got the tw- he's got the physical tools to rush the passer, and now you've also seen that he has the football IQ to play a smart run defense. The sacks will come. I think he's, yeah. gonna be a very, I think he's a guy who could be a very productive NFL player. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, at this point, it's learning, it's learning the technique, right? Because you're going up against NFL tackles who are, you know, best in class, right? So now it's not just, are you, are you stronger? Are you faster? It's, do you have the technique? Do you have the IQ to actually be productive in the NFL? Um, and the Ravens clearly thought, you know, there was enough there to take that shot. Um, I was looking this up. The Ravens have been really good defensively. Like, I because I, I was preparing for this episode, and I was going to say, like, it's funny in my mind when I think Ravens, I still kind of think of those old school like badass defenses of yeah, Ray, Ray Lewis, Lewis and Ed Reed, Reed and Suggs and all those guys. And I looked it up of like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe they haven't been as good lately. Did they been like top two, top three defensively, like uh, scoring defense like the last three years? Um, to find a time when they went drop dropped out of top ten, I think you have to go back to like 2015. So like they've been a pretty good defense. Uh, their defensive coordinator Wink Martindale was like uh, a name that was floating around for head coaches um, this year in the NFL. So like I think he's in a system that has done well with defensive players. Um, obviously, you've seen Matt Judon came out of nowhere the last year or two and had played incredibly well. Um, who was the other guy? Uh, they they tried to get or did they get Yannick Ngakwe? I don't, I don't know if they got him. I know they were going after him. Either way, they've done well with with defense. Wink Martindale, great defensive coach. Um, I think he's going to do. I think he's going to do fucking fantastic there. I'm going to say that pretty much about everyone, but Odafe, I love you. Uh, moving on. Next up, my guy Pat Fry. Pat Fryermuth, another one that we thought maybe maybe could slip into the first round, um, but again, outside of Kyle Pitts, who is a quote unquote generational talent, tight end, just isn't valued as much. Um, you know, we've seen first round guys in the last couple of years, Noah Fant, TJ Hawkinson, um, Hayden Hurst, I think was a first rounder, Evan Ingram, um, and, uh, David Njoku. Uh, and I think the reality is most of those names that I just rattled off, like are not superstar studs. Um, there's some good players. There's some good players, but like, if you're going to take a tight end first round, it's probably got to be that Kyle Pitts. So Pat Fry lands at number 55 to the Steelers. What's your take? As he goes off screen, ladies and gentlemen, this is live radio. It's not. I'm recording this. I could edit it out, but Pat went off screen to fix something, so I'm just going to keep talking. Um, maybe he was sneezing. Back. I was. I was blowing my nose. Oh, nice. Okay. <laughs> how'd, that, how'd that go? Great. Great. Um, I thought I would get an extra couple seconds of you talking, so I was like, got to do it. Um, I do talk a lot, so I'm going to yeah. try to reel that in a little bit. But Pat so, Fry yeah, was, was the Steelers. I was excited about the the Pat Fry pick. 
Yeah, he was a guy who he had some first round buzz like in the early draft mocks. And then I think because he had to miss part of the season and like, you know, with the Penn State having a horrible start and him not having as much production, he slips. And like I don't I, I don't think he got to do pro day, did he? Uh, he did, but he didn't do everything. He did, I yeah. think, just like some of the on-the-field drills, but he didn't do all the workouts. He didn't run. Yeah. He didn't. I, I think just sort of a lack of visibility for him for like the end of the season kind of took his first first day out of the question. But uh, you know, I mean, I think he's got all the tools to be a great player. We he's a guy who we were saying would be better than Kyle Pitts this season, uh, and he we, he, we, he has. He we has made some bold claims. We made some bold claims. He's huge. He's got yeah. incredible hands, and he's a really good route runner. You know, and he's, he, he's, got, he's got the prototypical NFL tight end build. I think he's, he could be really good. Uh, I wouldn't be shocked if you don't see a lot of early production from him, what with, like, the end of Roethlisberger's career and their offensive line still kind of sucks. You know, you, you did see a, a lot of Steelers fans just, like, being upset that they didn't pick an offensive lineman. Yep. Which, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not watching the Steelers in and out, so I couldn't tell you. But it's tough to produce. As, as two Jets fans and Penn State fans <laughs> can tell you, tough yep. to produce anything without a good offensive line. We, so, we have had poor offensive lines in all of our, all of our fandoms for quite some yeah, time. Yeah. I, I mean, think about poor Saquon Barkley. I probably hasn't played behind a good offensive line since high school. If, if his offensive if, line if was then, in high yeah. school. <laughs> I don't know how good Whitehall, Pennsylvania was. but Yeah. But, I mean, again, like you might not see early production out of him, but a few years on, I think he's a guy who could be making Pro Bowls, absolutely. Uh, th- this was where my, my, uh, my Steelers contact, I started co- you know, getting in <laughs> touch with him over the picks. And yep, we'll get more yep. to that a little bit later. But this yeah. is where the uh, channels of communication opened. I love it. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think what Pat has – yeah, we made some bold, bold claims that, like, Kyle Pitts is not that good and – Pat Frymuth is better. And listen, the, the, the jury's still out on the NFL careers, but Kyle Pitts had, a, had an otherworldly season, deserved to go number four where he went. And I think he's going to thrive in that Falcons offense. Um, what I will say is Kyle Pitts is a big wide receiver. I, I don't think he's a tight end. Like, you can classify it however you want. And this, this is not me saying this just to say that, oh, Pat's the best tight end. Like, it's just the truth of the fact that that big-body tight end that everyone has been chasing, the, the Evan Ingrams, the C.J. Hawkinsons, like, Kyle Pitts is that to a T. Um, so when you get Pat Fryermuth, like you mentioned, good route running, good hands, he can block like hell too. He's a mean dude to block with. Um, at first I hated this uh, fit, like, because in my head, like I mentioned before, like when I think Ravens, I think of those old school defenses. When I think Steelers, like, I just kind of think boring. I don't know why. Like they've been like, they've had electric moments back when like yeah, they had Le'Veon and Antonio. Maybe. Listen to me, listen to me. I'm getting there. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why, but in my head, I think like, eh, kind of boring, whatever. Then I started thinking about it. Um, and you're right. Their offensive line needs a ton of work. Um, and I, I think people are not so much probably upset at the pick of Pat Fryermuth, but like, you took Najee Harris in the first round. So now you took a running back and a tight end and you still didn't address offensive line. Yeah. So, like, when I started thinking about it, though, I was like, all right, you got Najee as your, as your bell cow. Like, I love him. He's one of my favorite players in this draft class. Pat Fryermuth now, alongside Eric Ebron, who was actually their starting tight end last year, who's still there. Juju's back on a year. Chase Claypool broke out last year as a wide receiver. And then their third guy, uh, Deontay Johnson, has been very productive in his career so far, too. Like, that's actually kind of a decent offense. So, if I mean, you fix the O-line. play offense dating back to Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, I mean, they won what? They won fucking like 10 games in a row last year before losing or something like that. Yeah. Um, so like, as, as you look at it, you're like, you know what, this actually could be kind of nice, like fix the O-line and then figure out what life after Big Ben looks like. But I kind of like it. Yeah. I mean, so, I, I like I said, they they used to be, yeah, that sort of smash mouth football. But I think you've seen more under Tomlin. Like they air the ball out. Yeah. Like Antonio Brown was a guy who'd put up like, four catches for 200 yards. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. Very true. And, 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 uh, Framuth even said it was an interview I was reading, I think on 24 seven. Um, he said, he's like, he's like, you know, I think this is a good fit for me. Like, and he said, he's like, they, you know, Pittsburgh is a very grinded out hard nosed kind of place. And you know, that's what I'm going to do. He's like, they want me to block. I'm going to block. If I'm going to be the second tight end on the field, I'm going to be the second tight end. Like he's, he's the kind of guy who's going to do whatever you, you ask of him. Um, so obviously would we have liked to see him get drafted higher? Sure. But who cares where you actually get drafted if you end up in a great situation where you can have a great career. Uh, Pat will be wearing number 88 from what I saw. Um, oh yeah. I forgot to say Odafe Owe will be wearing 99. So we got number 11, number 99, number 88, a lot of doubles here. Um, I haven't seen everyone else's numbers, so don't quiz me on them, but those three I did see. Um, all right. So number 12, number 31, number 55 picks. We get our Penn Staters. And here and we where have, the and then we have the most ridiculous weight drop, whatever you want to call it. Yes, I know I'm biased, that I've ever seen with our guy, Shaka Tony, dropping all the way to number 246 to the Washington football team. What do you got? I mean, that was what, seventh round, correct? Mm -hmm. Yes. He got drafted in the last round. This is a guy who led Penn State in sacks last year. And the guy who was the other defensive end went in the first round. Yep. He was productive. He was, what, our second leader in sacks the year before? Probably. I don't have the numbers, but probably. When the the leading sacker on the same offensive line went early in the second round. Correct. I don't understand how Shaka Tony falls to the seventh round. A, a premium position with a guy who is a good athlete. It's not like he's just some bum who somehow put it. This isn't like Tyler Hansborough of football. <laughs> he's a good athlete and has been extremely productive on the field. I was literally I, – I, like. I, a buddy of mine from back home works in the Steelers front office. And when, when they drafted Pat Frymuth, I DM'd him. was like, that's going to be a great pick for you guys. You're going to love it. And we started talking. Dude, I started DMing him again on, on, the, on the third day of the draft. I'm like, why are – like every time they were up, I'm like, you guys picking Shaka Tony now? Yep. <laughs> I showed you the screenshot. I was like, yes, yes. I thought they – because they traded up, up, up a pick. I was like, yep. are you guys going to pick Shaka Tony here? <laughs> and he, he was... hit me with the maybe, and then they didn't do it. Like, Listen, oh. that's, you, you know that's a no. That's like when you ask a girl to hang out. And she's like, maybe. Well, I just thought that's maybe no. he couldn't. No. No, I thought maybe he couldn't tell me. No, that's you know, a no. It's that's confidential, no. confidential information. It's a no. Um, everything I you just have just said is correct. It. Everything you have just said is correct. Um, I, so, like, this year with, with my predictions, I tried to be more conservative. Because um, every year I'm, like, overly optimistic. I'm super biased. I'm like, everyone's going to go in the top three rounds. I thought fifth round at worst. I, that's exactly what I said. I was like, he'll go fourth to fifth. And, like, even as I started doing some of, like, the mock draft simulations, I saw him dropping to, like, the sixth. And I was like, oh, that's, that's way too late. Somebody will jump on him. Somebody will get him earlier. I was texting you. I was like, our jet, like, Jets should take him. Everyone needs edge rushers. Um, so I think what – like, if I'm trying to guess what happened, obviously I don't work in the NFL uh, in front office. But, like, 
my guess is, and, and this goes to show it's not always about production. It is about potential and what they think they're going to get at. Um, what I think you're like, you're seeing at least what team, what this tells me teams think of him is that he is a speed specialist who is going to be in there on only obvious pass rushing downs, um, only on third and longs, like that he's not going to be in every down guy, right? Like you don't draft someone in the seventh round. You don't wait until the seventh round. You don't pass on a guy that long if you think he has potential to be a real like impact. Um, I don't agree with that statement. I think he's shown that he can be um, an impact player at, at every down. Um, but again, this is the NFL, man. It's, it's different. Like, and you look at like pro day and it is not a knock on Shaka at all. Cause I think he performed well. I think, you know, obviously he's not running like, like Owe and, and Micah, but like he ran well, like he looked good, but like you put him up to next to Jason Owe and like, yeah, they look like different types of athletes, right? Like they, they just are. Um, so I think again, Owe is just absolute potential and hype and, you know, it, it teams take swings on that uh, for Shaka. I thought fifth round at the absolute latest and it broke my heart watching it. Cause like, he's such a humble kid too. Like I remember I looked at, I was looking today, there was a tweet from before the draft. He was like, if I get drafted, I'm going to be so happy. I'm going to be smiling. Cause like, I know I worked so hard or something like that. And I quote tweeted, I was like, you mean when you get drafted? Like this is, this is a kid who like, he doesn't say that as like a, like wanting, like fishing for compliments. Like he says that truly believing, like, I just want a chance. I want to get drafted. I, like I want the opportunity. And like, what the fuck, man? Like, I mean, it got to the point where I was like, is no one going to draft this kid? I couldn't believe it. I could not and believe I, it. I was seeing some Tony family members just going like, is it? And, and Penn Staters, dude, Micah Parsons tweeted out like, what the fuck's going on here? Yep. Yep. And and I, I mean, it's it, kind of how we were all feeling. Like, how could this be possible? Yeah. I, I, yeah. I'm, I'm floored. I mean, I, in my opinion, the Washington football team, got the steal of the draft. They, they got a guy in the last round of the NFL draft who's going to be, in, I think, is going to be a productive NFL player. You really... I agree. And long-term, and you, you don't get much better value than that. Yeah, I fully agree. And I mean, it happens every year, right? You always hear the story about someone who went undrafted that becomes a starter. Uh, Robinson, the running back for the Jaguars last year, was insane. He was a thousand yard rusher, went undrafted. So like, it always happens that people slip for whatever reason. But I think this is the first one for us in a while that we were like really close to. Like in years past, like, again, we've been over optimistic on certain guys that were like, well, maybe they could sneak into the third when, yeah, they were probably a fifth, sixth round guy anyway. Yeah. Um, like Shaka, I, I really think they got, a, they, they got a guy in the seventh round that could have went in the fourth, fifth, the latest. And I think he's going to play well. So you look at Washington, uh, Ron Rivera is the head coach there, obviously a seasoned, well-respected head coach. Um, you got Chase Young as your starting, starting defensive end. Uh, on the other side, you have Montez Sweat, who is – I think that's it. Montez Sweat, am I, is that right? Yep. I think so. Uh, who's also awesome. I remember I tweeted – I tweeted out – I don't know if you saw this. I was like, I was like, Shaka Tony across from Chase Young. Let's go. Sacked lunch. Like, I was so excited. And some Redskins fair football team fan, whatever. Uh, it's like, yeah, maybe when Sweat needs a break. It's like, yeah, dude, I know. It's like, let me have this moment. I'm, like, excited yeah. for my guy. <laughs> but, like, that's a good situation to be in. You have two very good edge rushers, and you're going to be – a guy that can one learn from them two come in and, you know, backfill for them. Like, I think that's a pretty good situation. All things considered. Yeah. I mean, my hope is just that like he gets a fair shake, you know, let's be honest. You get drafted in the seventh round. Like you're not a big investment. Yeah. And There's not a guarantee that you make the, the starting roster, like the yeah. 53 man roster. The no, no team is going to be upset that their seventh round pick didn't make the roster. Yeah. If he just, you know, let's say I, I don't want to, you know, Anything unfortunate happens. Or like, on wood. Gotcha. 
Yeah. Um, if if it happened, if he didn't make the roster, I'll say it. He doesn't produce because he doesn't get a chance. Doesn't mm-hmm. get enough playing time. That like that's my yeah. worry about Shaka now because I, I there's no yeah. doubt in my mind that given the opportunity, given the playing time, he produces at an NFL level. Yeah, yeah, I agree, and I think I mean for him, like it, it's funny because like part of me says like, oh, this is now like him. He's got a chip on his shoulder, and he's going to go in there and work because he was seventh rounder. But again, like I don't think he needs that chip. I think he's the kind of guy who's like. I got drafted. I got an opportunity. It doesn't matter what round I'm going to go make the most of it. You know, like, yeah. I, don't, I don't think, I don't think he's the kind of guy who's like, shit, I should have went earlier. So I'm going to prove them wrong. I think it's like, this is my time. I don't care where I got drafted. I have a chance. I'm going to make it. So shout that. out Chuck Tony. We love you, man. Uh, we love the Tony's. Tony fam. Uh, I have reached out to them to see if they want to come on the show. We're wait, waiting to figure that out, but shout out Tony fam. We love you. Um, and then, yeah, we saw something that has happened in NFL draft history before, but obviously is not very common. Three Penn Staters go in a row. So Shaka at 246 to the football team. Mike Mennett goes 247 to the Cardinals. And Will Fries, 248 to the Colts. Um, this was my projection for both of these guys. I said seventh round, late, late round, or undrafted free agents. Um, I don't really have a lot to say on either of them. Like, like I said, our, our O-line has never been great. These two guys individually have had solid performances here and there. Um, I think they both have potential and I'm happy that they're both getting shots. Um, but I, I don't really, I don't know. I don't know how to dissect offensive linemen to be honest. Yeah. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that I know a whole lot about evaluating offensive line talent, but you know, you guys got it. You guys got the, got the shot. Let, let's go. You got make drafted. Of it. Yeah. You got drafted Congratulations. Dude, we're always like happy. Yeah. Always happy huge. for, yeah. For our, our Penn huge. state guys who are getting a shot in the NFL. Go ball out. Hell yeah. Um, the Cardinals did tweet out a picture of Mike Mennett. Uh, he has officially, he has taken the plunge. He is bald now. He has shaved the head. Um, uh, he, he was a guy who's like, his hair was like, he was going when he made his announcement that he was committing to Penn State in high school. Um, yeah. I, listen, I come from the club of like, I'll probably be bald in the next couple of years. I'm not making fun of you. Uh, but I'm happy that he has fully leaned into it. And James Franklin responded. He was like, love the ball. Looks good. <laughs> it's it's tough funny. to shave your head while you're still in college. You know, you feel oh, like absolutely. still. Absolutely no. To make. I don't knock him at all, but now he looks like a badass NFL exactly. Yeah, yeah. Now, now that you're yeah. out, you <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Franklin. Franklin said something like, uh, "Like looks good. Welcome to the club," or something like that. It was pretty nice. Um, and then Will Fries, yeah, he's got like, like I said, I think uh, we talked about this um, leading up to the draft. He's got some of that versatility where he played tackle most of his career, but like got some reps at guard, and I think projects more as a guard in the NFL. So you go to the Colts. Colts have a great offensive line. Um, I don't know all the, the players, but I know like uh, Quentin Nelson a couple of years ago in that Jets trade um, when we took Darnold, they took Quentin Nelson. And he's become like an all pro. Um, I don't know any other name on that line, but I know that they have a good line. Um, so again, he's in a situation where he's going to learn from a lot of great players and maybe have a chance. Um, last couple things. Uh, Lamont Wade does go undrafted. Uh, gets gets a, a undrafted deal though with the Steelers. Um, so that's pretty cool. He'll get a shot to make it. Um, and then a couple other notes here. Former Penn Staters, former teammate Marcus Allen, and that's this is true. Core. This is true. Um, and Lamont's another one. Like he's always said, like just give me a chance. I need a chance. Like I think he's going to work his ass off. Will he make it? I, I don't know. Like we we kind of always talked about where he's like he's a little bit undersized. Obviously, there are those guys that have been smaller safeties and and crushed in the league. So like that's not that's not his problem per se. Um, I was a little but, you surprised know. he didn't take advantage of the extra season. Yeah, I'm being um, honest. Because uh, I, I don't mean, know he had a really good 2019, and then did not produce the same level in 2020. And you thought maybe he would take the extra season to kind of raise that draft stock. But I mean, hey, 
I mean, it's I think, yeah. I do think Lamont is the kind of guy though who's going to have a chip on his shoulder. I, Lamont might also strikes me if he got drafted as second overall, he'd he'd have a chip on his shoulder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. You know, should have like, been number one. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. I, he's he's a guy who wants it so bad. I think. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'll be rooting for him. I I, I think again, he's he's a Pittsburgh kid, right? He he came from um, Clar- Clariton, Clariton. I don't know how you say it, but it's somewhere mm-hmm. in that WPIAL. Um, so he, he's a Pittsburgh kid, gonna play hometown, um, you know, and, and he's gonna fight to fight to the death to 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 make a chance. So he's got a lot a of talent. He can, you know, if he can put it Absolutely. together. Absolutely. Yeah, and I think like the the extra year thing. I think like I don't know if it would have made that much of a difference. So I feel like for him, it's like you know what, I might as well go now, fight, you know, not risk the extra injury or or even wear and tear on my body. Like go, let me go prove it now and work my way into it. Cause he will. Um, Last couple things draft worthy. Uh, Zach McPherson, former Penn State corner, uh, finished his career with Texas Tech, uh, and actually had a great, great couple of years with them. Uh, he goes number one twenty three overall to the Eagles. I think that's fourth round. Um, so shout out to him. Pretty happy for him. Uh, Steven Gonzalez, who uh, he he was in the he was in the league for like a cup of coffee after his senior year. I think he was with maybe the Cardinals, um, and like that, that he went undrafted, went to the Cardinals. Uh, didn't work out. He was preparing to go to one of these auxiliary leagues. I forget what they were. He announced like, I'm going to play in the spring league or the fan control league. I forget which one it was, but he was going to go to one of those. And then like a week later, he's like, I'm so happy. I got an opportunity with the Buffalo bills. So he is now signed to the bills. Um, again, these kind of off season signings are, you know, it's not like, um, you're not getting a contract, but you're getting, you know, uh, well, I'm sure it's a contract. You know what I mean? It's not like a long-term deal. It's yeah, an opportunity. Guaranteed money. Yeah, it's probably, you know, practice squad, an opportunity to make the team. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then Jarvis Miller, who's a former Penn State, um, kind of like hybrid linebacker safety. He finished his career elsewhere as well. Um, but he assigned it to Steelers uh, on a similar type of deal. So a lot happening in the NFL, a lot happening at the draft. Shout out to all of our guys who got drafted. Um, it's fun, man. I love the NFL draft. Shout out to Trenton Wright, I think was your name, won our draft contest. Um it's my favorite thing, like NFL related. Like I love the NFL. I love the draft. I love watching people fulfill their dreams and cry with their families. And I cry with them. It's fucking amazing. So congrats guys. Anything else on the draft, Pat? No, you just congrats to yeah, all our Penn Staters who went out there and did their thing, man. Hell yeah. Um, like I said, I'm out of practice. I am fucking talking a mile a minute. So I apologize. Uh, if you're listening, this and it's too fast, maybe put me on like half speed. Um, I will, I will try to slow it down. Um, let's keep going with some other NFL news. There's nothing major, um, but just a couple of notes. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Sean Lee retires. Um, linebacker legend from Penn State spent his entire career with the Dallas Cowboys uh, kind of you know symbolically passes the baton to Micah Parsons here um, hell of a career tough career plagued by injuries but hell of a career Sean Lee what a guy yeah I mean when he was healthy he was the you know possibly the best linebacker in the NFL he was up there man it's it's I see he was um when he was at Penn State I think it was when I like was like first becoming a fan so like you know he was like one of those first guys that i kind of watched from like penn state into the nfl he took over after puzzlesny right Mm -hmm. yep because it was it was sean lee navarro bowman gerald hodges like that group i think was all together um what's mike hall was right after him Mm -hmm. and like lee like you said when he's healthy he was so so good just unfortunate had the injury bug um you know I, i don't he's not a hall of famer by any means but very very successful career wish him the best of luck 
Uh, KJ Hamler has changed his number to number one. Um, like I mentioned earlier, with, with the jersey changes, the NFL has relaxed some of those rules on what positions can wear what numbers. Um, most guys who are seasoned in the league aren't changing it. Fans already have their jerseys. They don't want to you know, make people have the weird numbers. KJ is the second year. He was 13 last year, I think. Back to number one, what he wore at Penn State. It is so damn fitting. <laughs> it really is. Perfect form. I love it. I love it. Um, so excited, excited for him there. Um, unfortunately, we'll go some, to some worse news. Uh, another wide receiver, Deshaun Hamilton, uh, tore his ACL. Um, this sucks. He's been on the Broncos. He was drafted by the Broncos in, I think, the fourth round a couple of years ago, maybe fifth round. Um, it's funny you mentioned, like, your, your Steelers friends saying, like, oh, what are we getting in this guy? I remember I had Broncos fans. Like, I have Broncos fans friends. And I was like, yo, you just got Deshaun Hamilton. He's going to be the steal of the draft. He's going to be incredible. And unfortunately, you know, never really put it together in Denver. Um, so I, w- I was really excited for him to get a new shot, new opportunity. Like, you kind of assumed he was not going to get re-signed. They drafted Jerry Judy and KJ Hamler. Um, there was just no need for him there with their depth at wide receiver. Um, but the reports came out that apparently uh, there was a trade in place that he was going to get traded to the 49ers, um, probably for like a late round pick or something. But then, you know, the medical tore the ACL deals off. So it sucks. It, it sucks for him. You know, he goes now on the like injured reserve list. He cleared waivers. So he's still technically with the Broncos. Um, but that's just a tough break. Yeah, and he's also apparently one of these guys who got hurt while not at the facility. So oh, is that true? Of, Damn, I didn't read that. Yeah, any sort of like kind of protection he would have had from being injured during NFL activities, he is not going – unless the Broncos choose to give it to him, but they're not contractually obligated to. Oh, that's one of the worst parts of this. That's brutal. Um, I mean, listen, like obviously, like I said, he got drafted, I think, fourth round or so. He had, he had a rookie contract. He's made some money. I know it's not about money. It's about the dream. It's about living out and playing. I get all that. Um, but right now, I hope that he gets healthy, and I hope that he gets another shot at some point. Uh, the Niners have been cool, man. Uh, you know, they just drafted Trey Lance as their new quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, Kyle Shanahan obviously is a you know supposed brilliant offensive mind. They have some good wide receivers. That would have been fun. Um, but at, as of right now, uh, Hammy just uh, rest up. Hope you get better. Hope you get another shot. Um, moving on to more more wide receiver news. Everything I have right now is, is NFL Penn State wide receivers. Uh, back to the happy train, Chris Godwin, Super Bowl champion Chris Godwin, uh, got married recently. Married his longtime girlfriend, Mariah. Uh, I believe I'm saying that right, Mariah. Um, and that's just, I love love, man. I'm a sap yeah. at heart. Uh, you, you saw the videos of, of them at the Super Bowl, like she, you know, her running on the field, they were playing in the confetti. And then you see the pictures of them two together with him in his like high school football uniform and then Super Bowl champion. Like, that's just beautiful. That's them just beautiful. with me at Lionheart Fitness. You know? With you at Lionheart Fitness, yes. yes. Did that actually happen? Um, I she I was constantly at the gym at the same time as Chris's wife. Okay. And uh, one time he went there with her and asked me for the curl bar after I finished using it. Ooh. It was either he asked me for it or I asked. I can't remember. I was so excited. Let's, let's, let's I was say so that he excited. Asked you. I I can't remember how it happened. Let's one say that he asked you. Took the curl bar from the other one. Okay, so and, and I, curled what I'm, the same exact weight. What I'm hearing is that by proxy, you are a Super Bowl champion. Is that what I'm hearing? Um, essentially, I, I shared. I have shared DNA with a Super Bowl champion. You shared the curl it's, bar, which is actually even more impressive. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> well, there you well, have. My it, DNA folks. was on there. Was what I was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I was just gonna, listen. DNA is fine. Like 
for sure. But like the curl bar, that's that's a moment. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was big. It was pretty. Um, pretty cool. Okay. Well, ladies and gentlemen, that was our NFL news. And Pat is a Super Bowl champion. So take it for what you will. Whew, deep breath. Deep breath. We're getting through this. We're getting through this. This is good. First show back. How you feeling? Plowing through, baby. We're through two topics. This, this is pretty good. Um, all right. <laughs> for well, let's let, for us. For us, this is pretty yeah. good. We're only probably like six hours in. Um, all right, let's keep moving. Let's talk. Uh, there's been a lot of roster moves, man. Yeah. Um, if we were if we were to do an episode once a month, there'd be like, wow, there's been another one. Wow, there's been another one. But yeah, it's been I, I think coaching moves. We name them all, and then we each talk about our highlight there. Yeah, I don't have a lot. To, I don't have a lot to say about either of them here. So this Fair is enough. just like this is more for. If you're listening to this and maybe you just don't like reading, maybe you're not on Twitter, maybe you don't read any articles and you count on this podcast for your news, I got you. Which we um, appreciate. There's probably like no one out there. You know what? No, I'm going to give myself some credit. There's one person out there who does that. Yeah, um, this is for you. This is for you. Uh, Tyler Bowen, former Titans coach, uh, offensive recruiting coordinator, has gone to the NFL, now Titans coach with the Jacksonville Jagoffs. Uh, it's a shot at Urban Meyer. They're actually called the Jaguars. Um, Tim Banks, former safeties coach, uh, and I think co-defensive coordinator. They all have so many titles, I can't keep up. Tim Banks heads to Tennessee, uh, college, Tennessee, uh, to be their defensive coordinator. Uh, to replace Tyler Bowen, we promote Ty Howell, who I think was a former player and has been like an assistant for a while, um, seemed to be well-received. Uh, Anthony Poindexter comes in as co-defensive coordinator safeties to backfill Tim Banks. And then uh, not a coach, but Kenny Sanders comes back. He used to be our, uh, I think, recruiting coordinator, went out to Oregon uh, for the same position, comes back as the assistant director of player personnel. And I know that everyone in the building loves him. Uh, So those are all your coaching moves. Pat, what are your highlights from there? Um, Obviously going to be tough to replace Tyler Bowen. He's been so huge and the, uh, Penn State, like, tight end pipeline has been great. So hopefully, you know, we won't see any slip from there. I am actually excited about the Poindexter move. Um, Read some good things about him. And, I mean, to me, defensive back for us has always been – past few years has been a place where we've had more talent than production. So I'm excited to see a bit of a change there. Yeah, I agree. Um, Tim Banks was always one that, like, I couldn't really put my finger on. Like, I never thought anything bad about him, but he just kind of seemed like – kind of seemed like an odd man out almost like that, that sounds mean. Like I'm sure he's a great guy and you know, love him. Good luck at Tennessee. But like, I don't know. It's just when he came in, it just for, for some reason it felt like it didn't fit. So um, yeah, I like the point Dexter move and I'm excited for Kenny Sanders back. Um, you know, the, the recruiting director, the people who are in the personnel department, like there's so much that goes into that in the college game like that. I mean, that's your lifeblood is, is recruiting is making sure that like you're having that. Um, so to have him back, you know, people were bummed when he went to Oregon. Uh, yeah. So to bring him back is, is just huge. Um, players, uh, this is literally just all of our transfer outs. I know we have transfer ins and maybe we can talk about them in the next segment. Um, but just to rattle these off and then same thing, you can give some highlights players that have transferred out and found landing spots. Uh, Micah Bowens quarterback went to Oklahoma. Will Levis quarterback went to Kentucky. Lance Dixon, the linebacker went to West Virginia. Uh, Zach Kuntz tight end went to old dominion. Ricky Ronnie shout out. Uh, TJ Jones was a wide receiver, went to UAB. That's Alabama, Birmingham. Uh, Shane Simmons uh, just signed with Marshall with Coach Huff uh, for his final year. And then Joseph Johnson, who I think was just a freshman last year, maybe, uh, is in the portal. I don't think he's found a landing spot yet. Uh, and then finally, as we look to spring practice and, and 
um, depth charts and whatnot. It came out that Donovan Johnson, who is a defensive back with us, um, has to step away from playing, uh, has had a lot of injuries, but Franklin said, you know, he's still going to be a big part of the program, probably similar to like what Journey Brown and some of the other guys have done that have had to medically retire. They still stick around, you know, act as kind of a, a student coach kind of thing. So lots of movement out. Um, as we've said, this is kind of the norm with college football now. What is the deal with year. the Lance Dixon move though? Because he was a guy who I thought was getting playing time, correct? Yeah, so this is this is one of the few that isn't a playing time issue. Um, so he he was getting playing time, but like I don't know, I don't remember if it was enough kind of thing. One, um, because he he was a guy who came in. It was him and Brandon Smith, both five stars, right? Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think who actually played last year. I think it was like it was Ellis Brooks. Was it Luketta and Brandon Smith playing? And then Dixon was the fourth guy, maybe. Yeah, Dick Dixon was for sure the fill-in guy. Yeah, I think I think. Um. So maybe it was a playing time thing, but here, here's what, what is weird is that it was started to be rumored on like the message board. And obviously, I don't, yes, I don't share anything from the message boards because I don't want the message board warriors to come after me again. <laughs> um, yes, exactly. It was rumored that he was going to Michigan because his high school coach had just gotten hired at Michigan as either linebackers coach or defensive coordinator or something. So it was like, well, he really wants to go play with his high school coach, which one to me, I think is a lame, weird excuse anyway. Like, Dude, you want to leave your college to go hang out with your high school friends? Like what? Um, I, I probably did that as a freshman in high school in college. But anyway, uh, um, it, it seemed weird to me. But it was like because he's—I think he's from—is he from Michigan? Maybe. I think so. I thought he's from Texas. I don't know, guys. His first show back. I don't have my notes. Um, either way, it was it was it was rumored and like almost like one of those like guarantees. They're like, "Yep, he's going to Michigan. He's going to Michigan." And then I remember I was actually, I was at the deli getting breakfast, like when it broke on Twitter and like, I pop it up and I'm starting to get my tweet going. And I'm like, yep, just as expected. He went to Michigan and I look down and I'm like, oh shit, no, that's West Virginia. Cause they have like similar colors, the blue and yellow. So I almost pulled a, a bad tweet. Um, but yeah, he goes to West Virginia, which blows my mind. Yeah. I mean, I think so the, the two real bummers from the transfer outs are him and uh, Shane Simmons. Shane Simmons, even though he didn't produce a lot, was a guy who came in with a lot of hype and, like, with injury history, I guess, not really put it together. So you're bummed that that just didn't pan out. But the Lance Dixon one is, like, also it kind of part of the concerning trend for Penn State when they get their five stars. Yep. you got to hit with them when you're a program like us, and it's it, not yeah. always happening. Justin Shorter, Ricky Slade, Lance Dixon, trend of five stars – transferring out and not producing um, is not reassuring, you know, for, yeah. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, if it's personal reasons, if it's academics, if it's family, if it's whatever it is, you know, it sucks. Um, Shane Simmons. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm honestly happy for him though. Like obviously it wasn't going to come together at Penn state. So you go to a program like Marshall, that's, you know, a little bit lower, um, you know, gives him a chance to really shine and, and maybe, you know, be a, a key reserve on that team. I don't know if he's going to go into an instant starting spot, um, but gives him a chance, you know, yeah. Um, and he actually, he had actually said that he was going to be done with football, like start yeah. his professional world. So like, this was a complete 180 for him. So very, very much rooting for him. Um, and then I'm, dude, I'm kind of, I'm kind of rooting for Will Levis in Kentucky, man. Like yeah, as much as, for as much as, oh, listen, first of all, I'm rooting for all of them. But as we just talk about some highlights, as much as we joked about like, Every time Will Levis is on the field, he's just going to run. And why don't they let him throw? And he's just a fullback. And like, it was, it was annoying, but like, I mean, the kid was a battering ram for us. He put his body on the line every single time. Um, like, I, I hope he has a chance to be a real quarterback and not just a gadget guy. Oh, yeah, totally agree. 
Um, I think those are all the roster moves. Um, like I said, we have we had five guys that transferred in. Um, you know what? Let's just segue. Let's segue into spring ball. Um, this will probably all be at least one episode as we think about our breaking up of episodes. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, let's pivot into spring ball. So we did a five guys transfer in. Um, I didn't write them down on the notes. I'm not going to remember all their names, but we'll talk about them as we go through. Um, I have a couple things here, but anything, anything got you've seen you or stand them. out? Yeah. Well, no, yeah, I, I Eric, have it. God. Eric Wilson, guard from Harvard. Yes. Arnold Ebe. I, I'm, I'm going to ruin that guy's name. I'm not even going to try it. I think uh, it's Ebe-Kedi. Defen- uh, defensive end from Temple, Derek Tangelo, defensive tackle from Duke, John Dixon, corner from South Carolina, and John Lovett, running back from Baylor. Yeah, yeah. So those are let's, – let's start there. What, uh, what's, your, what's your take on the transfer portal and process and everything? Um, I'm, you know, it is what it is. Uh, it's one of those things like I don't love the increased mobility as a fan because you like to kind of get your guys and stick with them. But as someone who looks at it objectively, like these players should be allowed to do this. I like it for them. You're, you're 18 years old. You might make a mistake with where you want to go. Like that's a normal thing. And half the time their coaches are leaving, let these kids do what they want to do. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, my, mine was similar in the, like, it's weird. It's weird as a fan because like, you know, you want to kind of go through the whole process with your guys. Um, and m- mine was more so like, obviously I'm going to root for them on the field. Like, you know, they're, they're now part of my team. Like um, take Ebiketti for, for instance, I think that's how we're saying his name. Uh, he's a defensive end who comes from Temple was very productive at Temple and now has a chance to like step into a starting spot. Um, if not a very prominent backup um, at a much bigger program. Like I, I obviously was going to root for him as a Penn State, Right. But like my, not concern, but like my internal like conflict, if you will, was like, all right, if this guy is a stud and then goes to the NFL, like, do I claim, do I get to claim him? Like, of course it's a Penn State that went to the NFL, but maybe I only had him for one year. Maybe I only had him for two years. Like it's just, it's going to be like a little bit different and like getting used to. Um, but again, that's like a me problem, not, not, a, not sure. anyone else yeah. problem. Um, so yeah, a lot, lot well, going it, on. It's you and our listeners. Yes, of course. Listeners, what do we do? What do we do? Of course, we're going to claim them, right? Of course, we're going to claim them. Absolutely. Um, But I'm also going to claim the other way, just like with Zach McPherson. Like, yes, he's a Texas Tech guy, but guess what? I'm still going to say former Penn Stater. Um, So basically, I'm going to, like I said, I'm just going to claim everyone. Um, Spring ball. It's exciting to have a spring ball. If you remember last year, it was like, right, it's pandemic started. They didn't really get a full thing. Um, So there's some storylines coming out of here. Anything catching your eye um, these first couple of weeks of, of practice? I mean, I, you've, you've got it on the list here, but I just keep hearing about Kalen King. I think he got the, um, the moniker of, like, the most college-ready player, like, multiple coaches I've ever seen coming out of high school. That's quite the compliment in this program. Quite the compliment. We've seen, we've seen some guys come in as true freshmen um, and be just beasts and freaks and ready to play. Um, corner has been – it's been interesting because, like, I feel at the same, at the same time we've been so deep – and almost an embarrassment of riches, but then also having consistency issues on the field. Like we've had so many guys, um, but then still had issues. It's, it's that position where I said, like we've had more talent than production. It seems like. Yes. Yes. Very much. Had um, more potential he, than production. Yep. Yep. We saw Keaton Ellis and Marquise Wilson both play a lot as freshmen. Um, so to see, to see him come in and get this much praise tells me that he's going to be a significant contributor. If like not, 
saying that a true freshman is going to be a starter right away is a lot, especially under Franklin. Um, but I think he'll be a very key contributor um, and, and gives us some opportunity and flexibility to move other guys around. So um, if you see Marquise Wilson actually move to wide receiver. Um, so he is, he's listed as an athlete now. So maybe there's a chance that he plays both ways. Um, I think they said that, you know, he's going to be like a backup punt returner behind Dotson. Um, maybe he plays some, like, uh, some specialty on defense. Like if he comes in as a nickel guy, I don't know. Um, but that must say a lot about Kalen King along with our, our transfer, Johnny Dixon, who's going to play corner as well. Like to, to have those guys come in and feel confident enough that like Marquise Wilson was a pretty good corner. Um, he had, you know, there were, there were some inconsistencies or some opportunities in coverage here and there, but like, dude had some ball skills. He, he had a knack for it. Maybe that's the move of like, Hey, you know, this kid is, is more of an athlete than a cover guy and getting him on the offensive side of the ball and letting him do things in space will be better overall. So that's kind of cool. Yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm really excited to, I think, see some like some hype out of a position that has been, for so long that we felt like there's been good guys there. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, it's always been like a little bit missing. It felt like. Yeah. I mean, we haven't had like a first round corner. In who knows how long, right? Yeah. Like when you look, when you look at some of these corners that are going first round in the NFL, like lockdown guys, like it, it'll be nice to have one of them. Um, so like I said, Kalen King should be playing a lot. Um, John Dixon, hopefully you'll see him a good bit coming. Like anytime you get like, I think this is my take too on the transfers is like these guys have actual college experience. Like they, they should be coming in at, as at least key contributors. Um, Marquise Wilson then moves to wide receiver. Um, and I was also reading today that uh, uh, Keaton Ellis, who was a, a, a solid corner for us, uh, was taking some reps at safety too. So maybe this has given them some flexibility for him to be more of like a Swiss army knife over there. So uh, a lot of moves. Uriah Fisher moved to D-end. He came in uh, came in, listed as a linebacker, but I think this was the plan all along. Um, and then the last note I really have is Noah Kane back, taking some reps. Um, Franklin said he wasn't 100%. He wasn't able to go completely, but he's back on the field actually doing football work. That's exciting. Yeah, I mean, talk about a guy we want to see so badly. Had just, like, real high expectations for him coming into the 2020 season. And it's just, like, heartbreaking that I mean what happened to our running back room last year did Unreal. and so like we're hope you know just hoping to get off on the right foot in 2021 yeah yeah so um I know that was just a lot of rambling those are just kind of the highlights and stories that I took away but I think I think for me like most exciting is going to be running back rotation um because obviously it'll be a committee right we, we've kind of seen that over the last couple of years um you know, with, with new offensive coordinator, with your search, I don't think any of us really know what to expect. But if you have Noah Kane back at full strength, you have Noah Kane, you have Devin Ford, you have Kevon Lee, who came on real nice last year. Uh, you have Keziah Holmes, who showed some flashes last year. And then uh, John Lovett, is that his name? The running back that you just mentioned? Yeah. Uh, that came in from Baylor. So you got five guys that, like, all should and could be on the field at any given time. Um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm, it, you know, that's been sort of the dilemma of Penn State football the past couple of years is like there seems to be a lot of talent and not as many positions. Can we maximize our potential? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the last thing, um, we spent a whole lot of time last year talking about one Mr. Sean Clifford. Um, from everything I'm reading, it seems, you know, it's, it's, it's not really a quarterback competition right now it's his job to lose kind of thing um we mentioned I mean, bowens and, and with what the top two 
backups transferring out? Yeah, Bowens and Levis are both. Uh, well, Bowens, Bowens was a little bit lower. Um, so you still the, the only the only quarterbacks you have on scholarship right now are Sean Clifford, Taquan Roberson, and Christian Vayu, who is a true freshman. Um, so I I have been very vocal. I'm not going to go there with this with this episode, but I've been vocal and and opinionated on my stance on Mr. Sean Clifford. Um, if he is our guy on day one, I will be cheering. I will be stiff for Cliff. I will be excited. I will root for him. Um, but I was kind of hoping subconsciously to be like, well, Jaquan Armstrong's really pushing. This is going to be a battle. Like, <laughs> I was kind of hoping for it. It didn't happen. So we're going to, we're going to keep those negative vibes away. We're going to, we're going to say Sean Clifford. We love you. You're amazing. Um, anything else from spring brawl? Spring brawl. God, I hope not spring ball. Yeah. I mean, we're just hoping with the, the full spring with a quarterback guru and your switch, hopefully we get the most out of Sean Clifford this year because this Absolutely. team will go as Sean Clifford does. It's very true. Cliff, we're looking at you, brother. <clears throat> All right, moving on. Um, I like how I give myself a little bit of a gap in case I need to cut there. This is, this is pro editing shit, pro editing. Um, you want to talk a little recruiting? Oh, you know I do. All right, let's talk recruiting. So I got my uh, recruiting 20- pages up and everything. Love it, love it. So uh, 2021 class wrapped up. Um, there are some key pieces in that class. But overall, not our not our best ranking ever. I think we finished number twenty one or so, yep. um, which honestly is still it's a top twenty five class. Like if you have, if you have a top twenty five class, that is a good thing. Um, but again, if you want to be elite, if you want to be that college playoff team, you got to be in the top five, at least top five, or at least top ten rather, top five every year, where you're getting just studs in every single time, and you're building that kind of cycle of recruit well. So you play well, you play well, so you recruit well, and it goes on and on and on and on. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't really care to go into 2021 too much. That's Those guys are on campus already. Uh, but 2022, since our last episode, we have added a couple of guys. Um, Pat, you're a recruiting expert here. Do you want to tell us who we added? Um, I'm, oh, I mean, I don't know you who we to... added since the last time we talked. But no, I, no, I that's, that's... The... All right, you got this. Come on. All right. I'm, all right. So I'm, I'm just going to give you the one I'm, I'm the most excited about. Okay, fair enough. Makai Flowers. The kid wants to play both ways. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so pumped about Makai Flowers. And then, obviously, the big addition, Drew Aller, was huge. Um, yeah, I was already pretty, like, set on Bo Prebola. I think he was someone who was getting me excited because, like, the, the, what I'd heard about him that I feel like we haven't heard about a Penn State quarterback in forever, that he's extremely accurate. And I was like, oh, man, how nice. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Drew Aller is a, apparently a bit more of like the prototypical quarterback, and he's got one hell of an arm. He just got invited. It, it was some quarterback camp and was like the best performer there. They're apparently like extremely high wins, and it did nothing to decrease his arm strength or accuracy. So I'm pretty excited about this kid too. Yeah. Yeah. Completely agree. Um, Makai Flowers was a huge get. He's one of those kids who like, and I, I hate even saying this out loud, Makai, if you're listening to this, I love you. I can't wait for you to be a part of this team, but he's one of those kids who like really embraces the process and like tweets all the time and tweets yeah. about everything and tweets about the fan bases, which fan base loves me the most. Like 
I'm not going to knock it because I've never been in that position. I would probably soak it up too. Um, but it scared me a little bit. Like he, he's a Pennsylvania kid, um, was a prime target. I'm like, God damn, he's tweeting about a different fan base every day. Like, are we going to lose this kid? Are we going to lose he's this also, kid? He's also one of those guys though that now he's in, he's constantly tweeting at recruits. Yep. And I fucking yep. love it. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's a recruiter. Now, now yes, he he's is. In, he's a come to Penn State. Yes. Now that he's in, I he's going to bring it. other guys with him, which is incredible. Um, you know, we've mentioned how Pennsylvania has been kind of up and down in the last couple of years. He's like the sixth or seventh ranked in Pennsylvania. I don't remember exactly. Um, but we have, I think we have three of the top 10 right now. Uh, it's him. Uh, I think Anthony Ivy is in there. Um, yep. and there's one other, I can't I got, remember. Uh, Makai at four, Ivy at six and, uh, is, is, Ken Talley, uh, Ken Talley. at nine. Yep. Yep. Exactly. So those are all huge gets. And then number two and number three, uh, number two, I think is Nick Singleton, the running back. Um, and three is maybe a defensive end. Um, both of them have crystal ball to Penn state right now. Um, doesn't mean anything, you know, you, you never know. Um, but if we can get five, six of the top 10 in Pennsylvania, all that are big time four stars or higher, like this is a good Pennsylvania recruiting class. That's important. Um, give, true give Aller, your, I'm with you. Uh, Give me your top two guys we don't have yet that you really want. Uh, Singleton is one of them. So he's a running back from, okay. from Pennsylvania. Um, and it's tough because, like we just mentioned, we have a slew of running backs. So it's almost like, you know, love it. I think this is his last year. It's almost like I need Noah Kane to crush and then go to the NFL. So it's like pipeline continues of just studs go to the NFL, studs come in, studs go to the NFL, studs yeah. come in. Uh, so it's him and then it's uh, – Danny Dennis Sutton, uh, defensive end. Um, he just picked up an offer from Ohio State, which it always kills you when an edge rusher gets a pick up, gets an offer from Ohio State. I mean, they are a factory. They have Larry Johnson. They sent the Boses. They sent Chase Young. They just mm-hmm. constantly, constantly put more. Um, but those two are probably our biggest targets right now, at least, at least within the fan community. I don't know exactly what James Franklin is thinking. Those are my two guys. Okay. I'm, so my, my number, I, he might be a bit of a, I think it's probably a bit of a stretch, but my number one is this kid, Keon Sab, uh, athlete at a IMG Academy, who, you know, we've gotten some guys from IMG. Mm-hmm. Uh, he plays safety. He's a five-star. He's our only – looks like our only five real, like, legitimate target who's a five-star. Um, you know, he's got all the five-star offers from Georgia and A&M and Alabama, but he doesn't have a crystal ball yet, and he doesn't have, like – I'm not seeing any, any, like, serious leaning towards anywhere, so it looks like – okay. He's a legit target. I like it. And then I'm pretty caught between Sean Murphy, who's an inside linebacker from Virginia, and Keenan Nelson, who's a cornerback from St. Joe's Prep. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, you know, I, I want that, like, next great linebacker to come in. You know, we're, we're LBU. Micah Parsons continuing the tradition. Brandon Smith, I think, is going to carry it on. You always want more of these guys in. Yep. But I, I feel like – St. Joe's Prep has been like that. It's the best football school in Pennsylvania. Okay. And I feel like we don't have that pipeline. I feel like we don't get guys from St. Joe's Prep, and we should. I honestly, I can't think of one, and I didn't know much about them to be honest. Like, I, I it's um who, like the the number one quarterback in Pennsylvania this year who's going to Ohio State is from St. Joe's. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sure got he's it. From St. Joe's Prep. Yeah. No, I think you're right. I think I'm like, right. it, it's sense. such a football factory. It's it's in Philadelphia, but we don't get that yeah. many guys. I don't feel like, and so huh. I would love to start that. Okay, pipeline going. I like that. I like that. 
Um, I'm going to stick to my two because I, I think my two are semi-realistic. The other one is Anai White, uh, number one player in Pennsylvania. He's a defensive end, goes to yeah, he's Vitep. Been, yeah, does he have a crystal ball yet? I feel like he's none. Been- None. He's been, it's been very close to the best. That's Shaka Tony's alma mater, Imatep. I think I'm saying that right. Imatep, Imotep. I don't know. Um, Imotep. Uh, th- this kid is a high four-star, could be a five-star kind of guy. The only reason I don't put him there is just because like, I, I know nothing about his process. Like Nick Singleton will be on campus for a visit. Uh, Danny Dennis Sutton, I think I'm saying that right. Like all of the recruits are constantly tweeting about and, t- and tweeting too. So like, I think there's some traction with those two guys, um, but we'll see. Uh, so like you mentioned, Kai Flowers, stud, um, wide receiver, maybe a two-way player. Very excited for him. I'd love to see that. Yep. Uh, we had four-star quarterback Drew Aller, who we have a Twitter question They're for doing it in baseball. In we got Shohei Otani. Give, give, give me Kai Flowers, baby. Um, listen, if Kai Flowers can be our version of Shohei Otani, I'll take that every day of the week and twice right. on Sunday. Um, we added a three-star offensive tackle, Malik McNeil. Um, yeah, he's a three-star. Most of the rest of our class is a four-star, but this guy's like 6'8", like 340 or something. He's just a massive human being. It's um, a ton of potential. And then we add Tyrese Mills, uh, who is a defensive back and the number one junior college player they just came out with their rankings so um you know we've had that pipeline for a while of juco players coming over we've had brisker jair brown um a couple others that haven't been as as prominent but um to be the number one ranked player it's that's some good promise um i'm very very excited about that um and then the only only decommitment we've had from the 2022 class uh we lost four-star tight end holden stays um he decommitted pretty much right after Tyler Bowen left. I think there was probably a, a strong connection there. Um, but we did have two four-star tight ends in the class with him and Jerry Cross. Uh, he has since committed to Notre Dame after reopening. So doesn't look like he'll be one of those guys who decommits and, and comes back. But, hey, you never know. The signing day for 2022 still pretty far away. Um, while we're here, let's jump to a Twitter question. Normally we save all the questions to the end, but we have one that relates to this. So this is from, from Colin Chrissy, a.k.a. at Colin Pat 3 So the class of 2022 is looking pretty good. I agree. Um, do we expect Aller to be the QB of the future or Pribula? Aller is the higher-rated prospect and a more typical Yersich QB, but Pribula is more of that runner that we've seen in the past with Trace and now Cliff. Um, you kind of alluded to a little bit more, but what do you think about that? Um, I'm expecting Aller to be the guy, especially like if you're thinking about like the runner, I don't think Clifford really came in as a running, much of a running prospect. Uh, it seems like something that, you know, I think the, the staff has been good at generating that. And just with like the arm strength and things like that, Aller looks like the guy, but you never know. Like I said, I'm pretty high on Pribola too. Yeah. I think, I think my answer is like, I don't care. Like I, I want them both to be great and I want them both to play so well. And like, I just hope we pick the right one, like to be the starter eventually. Um, because this, I mean, we've this got two the, to three years to find out. Exactly. And this is the challenge I think with, with every position in college football, but especially with quarterback is like for recruiting junkies, we get attached to guys. We are very attached to guys. Like I've been, I've been so high on pretty much every quarterback that's ever come through. Jig Zembeck years ago was like, he, he became like, I think he was like the, New York Gatorade player of the year, but he was a three-star. I was like, this guy's going to be amazing. And, you know, he had well, some he injuries. Was at, he was. At wearing necklaces. At wearing necklaces. Very true. Um, and there's not a knock on Jake Zimbeck, but, like, you know, it didn't but work out. He had out some injury issues. He had some injuries. Like had to medically retire. So, like, I got so attached to him. 
Um, I got attached to fucking Michael O'Connor, you know, when he came in and he ended up transferring somewhere. Like you get attached to every quarterback prospect that comes in because most of the time you're taking one per class. Um, in some of our cases, we're taking two because Franklin has mentioned that he likes having five scholarship quarterbacks. Here's the thing. If you have five scholarship quarterbacks, there's no way they're all going to play and be starters and have multiple years as a starter. It's just not realistic. It's not going to happen. It's like you're bringing these guys in as either one backups as like, okay, this guy is going to be a very good backup. And, you know, he would prefer to come with us than be a starter at a lower school. Or it's kind of like an insurance policy. Like, okay, we, we know both these guys are good. We don't know how it's going to work out. One of them will probably transfer at some point, but that's college football. Like that's just kind of how you have to take it. So I think people, I think the Penn State fan base is going to love Pribula because he is that guy that we've come to love of like the Trace McSorley, the three-star who like will be a runner and we can turn it into like this amazing guy, but that's not a knock on Pribula. I hope he's great. If you get a high four-star like Drew Aller and he turns out to be who we think he is, then yeah, you want that guy to, you want him to succeed and you want him to be, you know, the Justin Fields that we never got. You want him to be, you know, the Trevor Lawrence of the world. And again, I'm, you know, not comparing him to the number ones, but like, yeah, you, you want you want them both to be as good as they possibly can. And then you hope our staff makes the right decision. Couldn't put it better. That's what I got. That's what I got. Um, I almost want to end on there. Uh, there's one more recruiting note. 2023, we lost our only commitment. He was a tight end. He's a four-star. Mega Barnwell. Don't care. 2023 Which is, is so unfor- far away. The, the most unfortunate thing about that is he has a really cool name. Really cool name. I think his first name is Matthias, but he goes by Mega, which is just fucking awesome. I wish you didn't um, tell me. Sorry. Uh, Actually, now <laughs> I'm happy. Now I'm happy, I know, since he's not coming. Well, dude, it's 2023. That's still. light years away. He, he also still come could back. still come back. <laughs> he could absolutely come back. And honestly, it wouldn't shock me if he does. Like, this is one of, this is one of those, like, dude, Mike Farson's reopened his commitment. Like, he committed way early. Like, people do this when they commit way too early. Yeah. Go enjoy, go enjoy the process. Go on some dates. See some schools. And the other thing is, I'd, I'd rather you, you know, as long as it's not like Ohio State, I'd rather you be happy at a different school sure. than not fulfill your potential here. Exactly. Like, like I mentioned, Holden stays tight end that went to Notre Dame. Does it suck to lose a, a talented player? Of course. So I wish him the best of luck. Yeah. Go, go have a great time. But go to the right place. Go to the right place. Um, all right. Well, let's actually just wrap up here with Twitter questions. Cause we only have one more. Um, and then we'll go into some other sports. This is probably where the episode will cut off. If, if yeah. I haven't cut off already, um, this is at least an hour plus. Um, this one actually wasn't a Twitter question. This was, we have a voicemail. No one leaves voicemails anymore. Sweens and CJ were the only guys who ever did. Shout out Sweens and CJ Scalzetti. Um, two favorites. Two favorites. But this gentleman, Along Grant, with everyone else listens. Along with everyone else. We love you all. We love you all. Um, this gentleman, Grant, uh, sent a like text message through the Google voice number, which I didn't know you could do. But let's, let's, let's give it a shot here. He said, hey, man. I'm Grant Grasha, class of 17, and at Grant Grasha on Twitter. What up, Grant? Uh, I said, my two-part question to you is, also quick side note, when I read this, I instantly thought of Harold and Kumar. Do you remember that scene? It's like Harold is at like the college with a bunch of the, the kids, and uh, the one kid, uh, I think it's Bobby Lee, the comedian, actually, he goes up and goes, uh, and he like raises his hand, and Harold is like, yeah, man, what's up? He's like, uh, Kenneth Park, class of 2004. This is actually a two-part question. <laughs> that is Bobby Lee, you're correct. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but that like that's one of those quotes that is stuck in my head forever. And anytime I hear something, someone say anything about two-part, I just always think of that. Uh, Kenneth Park, class of 2004. This is a two-part question. Sorry, that's a long aside. Uh, Grant, Grant Grasher, class of 17, his two-part question. A youngster. 
his two-part question. Uh, we have missed on playing. We have missed out on playing with some of the best, most exciting Penn State players since the NCAA game discontinued in 2013. I agree. It was my favorite game of all time. Who would you rank as the five best players we haven't seen in NCAA after number one Saquon, number two Micah, and also who would be some of your favorite players to have been in the video game? So. Best meaning like who are the be- I guess who the best would have been and favorite either just someone you loved or maybe even people on different teams maybe we can talk about that. Uh, excited but to hear should, your response. Go ones we would have liked to play with the most, or well, should we? Let's try to let's try. I don't have anything because I feel like this. they'll kind of coincide. Yeah, fair enough. So let, let's start with best. Who do you think would be some of the best, like highest rated or most talented in the game? Let's start yeah. there, and then we can kind of move on after Saquon and Michael, uh, who obviously would have been one and two. So now here's the thing. The first person that pops in your head is probably Miles Sanders. He was however, not my first one. however, considering he didn't start until his senior year, he probably would not have had a very high rating. I think he would True. have been criminally underrated. Yeah. Um, best, I'm gonna say. Hang on, hang on one second. Fix your uh, headphone or microphone real quick. You're coming in real choppy. Let's do a turn on, turn off. Stay with us, people. This is live radio. Is it, uh, is it working better? Yep, much better. All right, so what you were saying, Miles Sanders, what was the state again for us in case we missed that? I, I, I don't think he would have been super highly rated because he didn't start until his senior year. So, you know, it's like a rookie in Madden. He probably yep. wouldn't have had the numbers rating that equaled his talent. Um, Agreed. I would guess, I, I think Allen Robinson would have had a super high rating. Yep. He was one of the ones. Uh, he was one of the first ones I found out. I think Godwin probably would have had a, a pretty high rating. Those those are my one too. And I mean, look at them. They're they're two of the best wide receivers in the NFL right now. And they, they were kind of underrated players. in college, though. They they were, but I think I think A. Rob was so productive, like productive enough to the point where he would have been very highly rated at least going into his final year. And Godwin was one of those guys who kind of had his he had his coming out party at like the pinstripe bowl. And kind of went off, so like that would have probably bumped him up for the next year. Um, yeah. I think both of those guys would have been great. Mine too. Mike Kosicki would say, have been fucking incredible. Yeah, I was actually going to say I think the highest rated one probably would have been Pat Fryermuth because he put up two years of really good production. True, true. Yeah, Kosicki might not have been. Maybe Kosicki is more of like one of my favorite players to play with because like he just would have been a weapon. Yeah. Um, actually, no. Let, let me take this back. I'm sorry. My favorite player to play with that I that I did not name. And I realize we're saying all offense oh, guys. I mean, I know who you're going to – are you yeah. about to say an offensive player? Yes. Because the most fun one to play with, I think, is most is really obvious. It's KJ Hamler. KJ Hamler. <laughs> it's KJ Hamler. I, I can't believe – The guy is na- basically first. named after a video game. He's the human joystick. He's the human joystick. I, I was saving him for my favorite first. one. I was saving yeah. him for my favorite one to play with. Yeah, well, honestly, he probably would have been very highly rated too because, like, he had a – you know, his, what, second year was very – or his first year was um, – yeah good enough that he would have been i think he would have fallen into that category of not quite enough uh of being more fun to play with and being like highly rated in terms of overall rating yeah oh but i would be running jet sweeps all day yeah like all day just hand him the ball let him go Uh, quick slant to the house every time um so yes we're naming all offensive players obviously trace would have been trace would have been more fun in real life than he would have been in the video game honestly um, I don't think he would have been that much fun. Uh, defense. Um, Yitor would have been great. Uh, you know, just I, I don't play with secondaries in video games. I'm awful. Yeah, I just, I, ru- I just rush yeah, the passer. I think, I think if you're one of those guys who I, plays I can with play it, with a, I can play with a linebacker. Yeah, is yeah. the farthest back I can go. If you're a guy who plays as a safety, you're very good at that game. 
and you literally you dissect the play you know what's coming and you intercept me every time and i fucking hate you um you're probably one of my best friends but i hate you <laughs> um, so yeah yitor would have been fun sharif miller would have been fun in his heyday um we've had a lot of good defensive line anthony think, settle like i think owe would have been the most most fun to play with on defense true because he would have had like speed and strength would probably just have been off the charts. Ag- agility would have been a ninety-nine. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, that's a good call, actually. Um, damn, I hope they give us like past. I mean, we're not going to get actual name and likeness, I don't think. But I hope somebody goes through and makes up like old rosters for us. I really do. There's got to be some nerd out there who has time on his hands. Um, yeah, I think we probably need Cabinda would have been fun just as a like a, a baller middle linebacker. Marcus Allen being a box safety. I would oh, literally Marcus Allen. If you if you could play secondary, he would have been a fun one. Yeah, I would just take I would take him out of the safety position every time and just blitz yeah. every single time. Yeah, every when, time. When, when, when you're blitzing, he's, he's the guy. <laughs> yes. I'm taking Marcus Allen every single time. Yeah, I like that. Um, uh, there's probably some others that I'm think that I'm missing like. Uh, Deshaun Hamilton was one of my favorite players, like in college. Um, you know, we mentioned him earlier. hasn't had the best NFL career, but I loved him in college. Um, you know what? Okay, I have one more that I'm going to end up. Listen, if we sit, we could probably just name every fucking skill player that's ever been. But I have one more that I'll save. Uh, I'll give you a chance. So if you have any more, okay. I have one more that that we missed. You, out you on go first. I, I got. I got to think. Okay. Okay. The one. The one player I would have loved to play with in a video game, Joey Julius. Oh. I, I want Joey yes. Julius as my kicker, and I just want to murder people on kickoffs. I want to run down the field and hit as many people oh. as I can. I might make a team of just all Joey Juliuses. And That's it would be such incredible. a good call. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah. Shout out to Joey Julius. Also, shout out to Grant, Grant Crash at Class of 17 for asking this question. This is a great question. This is a, uh, this is a good question. <laughs> Joey, um, that's such a good call. It's a good answer. Might, but, but, might have been the funnest one to play with. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but there are, like, a, like to, to his question of, like, who are your favorite players, there have been so many, like, superstar college football athletes that, like, we've missed out on. Like, I think, I mean, uh, I, I know, like, the, the Barstool guys, uh, Brandon Walker and Unnecessary Roughness did this, like, who would have been a 99 in the game. Uh, Saquon was the first one they mentioned, not a big deal. Yeah. Uh, but like guys, guys we've missed out on. We've missed out on uh, Lamar Jackson. We've missed out on Zeke. We've missed out on Mahomes. We've missed out on fucking like there's so many uh, guys in Saquon college. Saquon in the NCAA games would have been one of the most fun video game players to ever play. Definitely. The, first of all, the running back position is like his, 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 the, his like stats would have been off the chart in yep. like everything you do as a running back. Speed, agility, elusiveness, like breaking tackles, all that. And let's be honest, for like most of us who aren't great at those games, running back's the easiest position to play. Yes, completely, <laughs> completely. I mean, he, he would he would have been Mike Vick in Madden 07 or 04, yeah. whichever one it was, where he was literally a cheat code. Um, but yeah, there's a ton of college football players that we missed out on. Hopefully, the game they announced that was coming back, uh, it probably won't be for two or three years, they mentioned. I hope they work out some sort of the name image likeness by then um, so that we can actually get players in there and we don't have to wait for like people to create them. Um, but great question. We, you know, I, I can't wait for that to come back. One of my, it is my favorite game of all time. Like Madden just doesn't oh. live up to it. No, it's so much, NCAA is so much better. Like imagine just playing as Saquon as like a 99 overall and those like first two games of the season where you get to play against like yeah. the cupcakes and just watching no one able to tackle Saquon. Yep. yep. <laughs> hey, Akron, eat shit. I yep. just ran for 800 yards. Would have, would have been amazing. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So we, we will keep an eye out for that. We're excited. Um, I think this wraps up the football portion of this episode or episodes. Um, 
it's good to be back, man. It is good to be back on the airwaves, on the microphone, got the headphones on. Uh, like I mentioned, a lot's happened. We didn't deep dive into all of this. I think we did. I think we went good enough on most of these topics. Yeah. It is the off season. Can't spend an hour talking about everything and just projecting and thinking and what if and maybe. Um, but we will be back with a little bit more regularity. I'm not going to promise anything because if I do, I will break that promise to you. Um, but that's it. Anything else on, on the football uh, side before we jump into some other things, Pat? Yeah, that's all I got. All right, so let's pretend this is the end of the episode. If it's not, just keep listening. Obviously, you'll see that it's more time. But thanks for listening. We love you guys. Uh, glad to be back talking to you. Uh, let us know what you want to hear. Off-season topics, we'll, we'll do some fun hypothetical stuff. Let us know what you want to hear. Uh, and I'm excited for the next episode. We are.